went around. Look, I've got I've got my pop feel to real. Yeah, look. Can I? Oh, I, I can't really. I got my foam. Oh yeah, nice. Say something. Pop pe- like. Peter Piper picked pickle pickle peppers. Peter Piper picked pickle pickle peppers. Where's the pickle peppers? Peter Piper picked. Hello and welcome back to Control Select All. You are joined by me, Haley Sarwak, and Chloe. How are you, Chloe? I'm great. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. It is bloody hot here in Queensland, though. So hot. Mm-hmm. Hot in Sydney. Oh my god, I'm in my bikini top. So mm-hmm. I'm in my bikini top and bottoms. Yeah. Um, it's it's really hot. I have all the doors and windows shut uh, because the road is very noisy. Yeah. And- we're filming in the day. <clears throat> I hear no road noise, so oh, you're all good. Probably because my fantastic audio setup. <laughs> <laughs> She's got like a chair with a pillow surrounding her microphone, so you can't hear anything. It's muffled. My laundry basket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you hear any ambient air conditioning noise in my background, that's because yeah. it's hot up here. Welcome to episode two. I just want to say I was I was actually thoroughly surprised at how many listeners we got. <laughs> I'm a little bit, yeah, I'm quite shocked. I know, I'm quite shocked. I'm quite shocked. I didn't think we'd get that many listeners to the first 100 episodes. No, no. Let alone one. But thanks. Yeah, and we got lots of um, really lovely messages from people. My friend said to me, you guys have great chemistry. (laughs) And I was like, yeah. I think we have sibling rivalry energy, but that's all right. Yeah, I agree. But I was like, well, yeah, otherwise I wouldn't be doing a podcast with no, this thing. you got to – yeah, exactly. You could actually like <laughs> each other to a podcast. <laughs> okay, before we jump into this episode, I want to do some housekeeping because we, like fools, forgot to plug ourselves at I know. The, uh, so in dumb. the last episode, which is fine. Basically, we are Control Select All on Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. On Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts, it is like the correct spelling, but on Instagram and TikTok, it's Control Select All, all lowercase, no fancy letters. So it's C T R L S E L E C T A double L. Simple. Simple. And also, we probably should have said please follow and rate on Spotify and iTunes. Yeah. Yeah. If you enjoy just, the episodes, please. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you didn't, don't lie. No, if like, you don't, don't. Just, just, we'll just lie. And just say giggle to, and go. Giggle, giggle and go. <laughs> no, but it's like literally the only thing that helps podcasts um, because the algorithm is non-existent and a mystery. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're getting to a point where we have to pay for content to reach anyone, which is <sighs> lovely for those who do not earn money to pay for hobbies. The majority of people do not yeah. earn enough money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, go on. That's our housekeeping done. So as promised, uh, the next it was going to be two episodes, but the next three episodes is going to be on The Last of Us. Yes. Um, and we're going to do three by three by three. I acknowledge that we are crunching quite a lot into each episode, so it's not going to be. It's going to be a little bit more conversational, I think, because it's there just there's just too much to cover if we want to get super super in depth. But in saying that, I have I've got my long list of notes. I want to thank The Guardian. Uh, article they have summed up each episode in a separate article oh god bless the person who wrote that oh my god I know which is great so I grabbed that and sort of just like took a bunch out and you know it was good kind of giving a rundown and I was like oh do I remember episode one two and three and then obviously as I'm reading it I'm like of course of course I I actually it's funny you say that because I played the game so I played the game on PlayStation years ago I'm a massive gamer FYI for for those she's a gamer girl I'm a gamer girl um (laughs) no and I was had to refresh myself on what had actually happened because I haven't played the game in, mm, oh God, I want to say six, seven years almost, like since yeah. it obviously it came, came out. out. 2014, yeah. I, I think, think it came something. out. Yeah. 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 It, at the, I distinctly remember when it came out and it was just getting absolutely rave reviews because this mm-hmm. was at a time when single-player games were starting to really diminish because we were going into the world of MMOs, um, massive multiplayer online everyone was into Call of Duty, so, like, multiplayer constantly. And if you're a person who is introverted or just likes playing games for storylines like I do, you're not really interested in that. So it's becoming yeah. – it's actually becoming increasingly difficult to find single-player games that are really good. So probably The Witcher is one of the last and Red Dead Redemption 2 is oh, one of the last. See, couple. I had no idea. That's so funny because yeah. I had a little thing written down saying – 
Um, the reason why we wanted to cover this is because one, I'm a huge fan of the show, but two, Haley has played the game and watched the show. Yeah. Um, so we're going to try and um, cover it from both sides of the spectrum. I obviously went into the show with zero expectations because I didn't play the game. Um, I didn't care. I love HBO. Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann, who created Chernobyl, which is one of the best shows in the world, they mm-hmm. created The Last of Us. So I was like, oh, my God. And, of course, it's Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey. Yeah. Yeah. So I just went in super excited regardless. Um, uh, do you, might, you might know this. Do, mm-hmm. Does HBO have a pretty massive budget to do, like, obviously they, you know, from Game of Thrones, is that kind of, yeah? Yeah, well, uh, they've always, like, slayed TV. Mm. But I, I think I think Game of Thrones was, I don't know, I don't want to speak on this if I'm not well-versed enough, but I feel like Game of Thrones was the first, you know, big fantasy show in general across all course networks yeah, yeah. and so obviously that sort of gave them the boost and the budget and also the confidence to create more um, yeah I just suppose it's just done so well if I compare you know for other fantasies on Netflix for example it's yeah. just not that same well level. it's a running joke now like oh Akatar needs the Game of Thrones budget this needs yeah. a Game of Thrones budget but yeah yes um, so anyways, obviously I didn't go in with attachments or I couldn't care less, um, but I do remember my brothers playing it. So I do remember the game and watching it and watching the gameplay, but I didn't play it myself and I was very young at the time, so I wasn't super attached. Anyways, okay, I want to start off also by saying that it's very important to acknowledge that some things just do not translate the same, whether it's book or video game, onto screen and TV. There are lots of creative decisions that need to be changed. And I also recommend you listen to the HBO Last of Us podcast because the creators of the show and the game come together. It's hosted by Troy Baker, who played Joel in the game. Yeah, I love Troy Baker. Yes. Yep. Isn't he a hunk? <laughs> <laughs> he is such a great voice actor. Though he, he is. so talented. And in every so... In every game I've played with him voicing the character, it's just been absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Every single one. Yeah. I just want to quickly look something up, actually. Keep talking. Yeah, he was doing, like, uh, behind the scenes. You know, I love that HBO always do behind the scenes of each episode and they sit the actors down in their costumes, which people would remember from Game of Thrones, yeah. and they talk about what's going on and and um, Troy Baker's sitting down. And I, I remember they posted it and some girl commented, God, Troy Baker is a good-looking man. <laughs> I was like, yes, he is. <laughs> Um, yeah he's done heaps of video games he's well sought after in his roles really yeah yeah yeah. his profile but so they do a really good job of breaking down what decisions they made what they changed what they wanted to keep like there are a lot of tiny details like the wallpaper in uh the room that ellie's in when they're in jacksonville the the blanket that is over the top of Pedro in episode eight. They were like things that they wanted to keep the exact same from the game, but there are obviously major sort of structures and plot lines that change for a reason. Yeah. And I think it's, I just hate when people are like, oh, they should have done this, like the game. And it's like, well, they're usually good reason why. Yeah. And it's yeah. So, so important to acknowledge that a game audience is a very different to a TV audience. Very different. Very, very different. I am a TV watcher. I'm not a gamer because I just am bad at it and I don't have the patience. <laughs> but there are just things that, that need to be changed for, for good yeah. reasons. Anyway, so I just wanted to get that out of the way. I also wanted to talk on first, before we dive into each episode, why they call it The Last of Us. And I thought maybe you could speak to this. Yeah, I can yes, explain. If you, if you want to explain sort of why it's called The Last of Us. Well, essentially, well, everyone knows what it is, but essentially we have zombie-like creatures that have been infected by this mushroom um, that's going through the world. Um, but the it's not really about that you'd you'd think going into the game that it would be about human versus these zombie creatures and surviving in that environment but the last of us is more saying it's the last of humanity and our nature towards each other because as the game goes on and of course you've seen in the series as the series progresses you start to realize that there's some really nasty people in the world and it becomes less and less about the actual infected that are roaming the landscape and more and more about human versus human. And so it becomes the last of us because, I mean, not to give anything away because this is obviously in the next podcast that we're going to talk about um, in the next kind of uh, series is we encounter a group of cannibals mm-hmm. and 
that kind of explores that concept of like that's not right that's not morally right obviously and so it's the last of what it means to be human and what it means to be right to be yeah to have morals and I I always tell people this because I see a lot of comments about uh, especially the last episode there was a bit of outcry about how that we haven't seen infected a lot and I'm like the villains it's not really about that no and the villains aren't the infected they're just like an obstacle yeah but the real villains are humans the real villains are us Yes. And how we would behave in that circumstance, which which we would. Like, that's why it's kind of scary in a way, yeah. you know. And another thing they point out as well, the game creators, uh, the show creators keep stressing is in a game, it's full of violence for a reason. Like, you yeah. have to kill and go through all these obstacles. But they were like, you can't just have all this violence in a TV show. You'll become so desensitised to it and there's no rhyme or reason behind it. They wanted to focus more on the backstories of people who were violent and yep. and like which we will get into well the backstories um, are essential to the feeling of this show and the game as well because in the game you do a lot of walking and you actually want to walk through the world because it's so beautiful the graphics yeah. and you're protecting ellie as well because you do play as joel in the game you don't play as ellie until a later on, later on. <laughs> until a mo- until a moment which has already been Ha- it's already happened in the in the TV in the show. show, but we'll yeah. we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you mainly play as Joel, and you're walking through this world, and you're experiencing this world. Um, so it is a slow game, and it's a slow show because mm-hmm. the feeling you want to create that feeling. But when things happen, it gets really intense because yeah. either they encounter an infected or they encounter a human who's really violent and suddenly you're like, oh, my God, it's happening, you know. Because to me, I see an infected, I'm like, okay, they're just going to shoot it and get on with it, you know. They're scary looking, the makeup artist, like makeup department yeah. did a great job, but it's not. But humans, it's just like such a different well, level humans of are the villains, yeah. They are the yeah. villains. And, and also we've already seen a lot of zombie kind yeah. of driven narratives, like The Walking Dead has done that to death. Like I feel like we're yeah. at a different. Exactly. And like you just, if every time I see and infected i'm like okay well they're gonna kill it's it's very amazing to see them and we'll we'll talk about that episode like five um but yeah you know you know they're gonna kill but for someone who's obviously fans of the games i think they're upset because you see less of them but there's as i said at the beginning of the episode there's a reason why some things don't come over the same yeah from episode one to three if you can sort of remember in your brain do you have any like absolutely memorable or favorite parts of the game whether it was gameplay or actually Um, Okay, well, let's talk about the very first episode. Mm -hmm. So when you first start as Joel, that that whole thing is pretty accurate um, Mm -hmm. with his daughter. But you actually, so you you start playing as as, um, his daughter. Mm -hmm. And so you're kind of on this mission to find dad. And you're like, where is dad, a.k.a. Joel? Um, Because he's the one that is protective. He's the one that can save his daughter, obviously. Uh, yeah. He, yeah, he's the one that is the protector. So straight away he's set up as the hero character and the protective one and the one who's going to save you and do everything. So you're trying to find dad and a zombie actually come, well, a zombie thing actually comes into the house, so breaks into the house. Mm-hmm. So it's a wee bit different to the TV show where mm-hmm. um, Sarah is actually goes to the neighbours. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to run yeah. through the first episode. Um, yeah, yeah. so that – but I really liked how that was done because from a from someone who's played the game, I obviously know that this is going to happen. And so sometimes it's like reading a book. Sometimes when you read the book and you go watch the movie, you're like, well, I already know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see the decisions made to make it slightly different. Mm-hmm. But I did, I did appreciate the fact that they still set up – the story to be Joel as the hero and because I think that was the main thing that I was quite nervous about them getting right is that Joel mm. straight away is like the protector the hero of the story and so to have that done in the tv show pretty well was I really liked that in the first episode yeah okay so I'm gonna do a quick it's so funny Jade goes like I can't wait to listen to you to the next episode and I was like well it's on the last of us so you need to watch it <laughs> So I am going to, I'm going to be <laughs> spoiling stuff. But anyways, I liked, although it's so different to typical apocalyptic shows, I like that we kick off with a very sort of like staple of apocalyptic shows where you're watching 
a TV or a news segment or something that's talking about what's going on in the world. So we kick off in 1968 with John Hanna sitting on a talk show explaining how pandemics work and why we shouldn't be afraid of bacterial viruses but fungi, you know, and he starts talking about it could be catastrophic because of climate change, yada, yada. So I love that it started off with, like, it's like an old news segment and you're like, oh, this is very apocalyptic vibes. But then the rest of the show approaches it very differently, which I think is why it's doing so well. And then we're cut to Austin, Texas in 2003. We meet Joel, who is played by um, Pedro Pascal, on his birthday with his daughter, who's Nico Parker, who was, like, the best. Um, She's amazing. She's stunning as well. Oh, isn't she? She's just one of those faces that you could just stare at all day. I know, I know. know. Yeah. Well, the creators, like, she has the hardest job because – She's actually the protagonist, the main protagonist, like the game. So Correct. it's all the way up until the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler I mean, alert. if you haven't seen it, why are you listening to this? <laughs> so, like... Yeah. Um, and so basically, okay, yeah. So Sarah is the protagonist of the first episode. Everything is in her point of view, which I guess is the same to alluding to the setup of the game, except although the storyline is slightly different. So we meet his brother, Tommy. He, who did he play in the game? Now I'm blanking. Gabriel Luna, he played... You mean the actor? Yeah. Who did the, the actor play in the game? Yeah. Tommy, Tommy played... Uh, he played a different character in the game version. Oh, the actor? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I don't know this. I didn't realise that. So he was in the game as well. Yeah, a lot of them are. Oh, I actually had no idea. I'm but surprised Troy Baker people, is not in it like, then. They, he is in the, latest, in the latest episode. Oh, which character? He's like the one that's with David who's sort of like... Oh, I know that he's eating people and he's a bad oh person. Oh my god, of course it is. That's oh my god. <laughs> I don't even recognize him. Because he's like I got mean, a beanie on and he's super god, cold. I, you know what? I was because I was looking at him going like, I am pretty sure that that might is Troy Baker, but I did not even that was so funny. Okay. The reason why I'm confused, Jeffrey Pierce, who comes in later on, he played Tommy in the games, but I don't think the actor of Tommy played anyone. Anyway, so we hear and you don't realise this until you watch back, but you hear a slight disturbance on the radio about something in Jakarta um, and it's a bit ominous. And you also figure out that Joel works in construction, which you're like, that's very handy. So they're sort of like slowly putting in these little things. Something really interesting that I didn't even pick up on is later on, a few episodes later, when Ellie says, how, how did this all happen? And, and Joel and Joel says... Um, oh, they think it got into flour and stuff. And the morning of Joel's birthday, they were meant to make pancakes, but he didn't buy any. And instead they had eggs. He also forgot to pick up the birthday cake later on in episode one. So he's not eating the flour. So maybe why they were one of the people that weren't infected. I thought that was really cool. Like that little laying down the foundations anyway so they so sarah gets his broken watch fixed for his birthday with his own money this is like something important later on it's like an an artifact joel keeps but she earlier on in the episode you can tell that she doesn't like spending time with her neighbors who are like old people um but joel promises that she's going to go over there after school which she does uh she comes back he doesn't get home till late they stay up watching a movie he forgets the birthday cake um, and then it cuts to Sarah being asleep on his lap. Joel gets a phone call being like from his brother. And you can sort of tell that this is not the first time this has happened. Tommy's in jail for like getting into a fight. He needs him to bail him out. And then you're in Sarah's perspective again when Mercy, the neighbor's dog, comes up to the house and is like sad. And she tries to take the dog home. And the dog is clearly not wanting, which again is such a typical apocalyptic thing of like, oh, the animals know. So I like, I really like that they like kept those little like apocalyptic homages into the episodes. Anyways, and then you see the old lady from earlier. I didn't really like pick up on this, but the, in the podcast, they did a good job of explaining that um, when you watch her when, before she's quote unquote infected or whatever and the dog's growling at her she's like can't walk she can't talk she can barely eat she's essentially like a vegetable but when she is infected she is completely able to move and the creators were like the idea that something can take over whatever has happened in your brain to stop you being able to be a functioning human is the scariest part this like chick of dementia is just like crawling but also still old but like 
can crawl after after Sarah. And this is when Joel pulls up in his ute and hits, the, <laughs> just smashes the old lady with like a hammer or something, a spanner. Yeah, the same thing happens in the game, basically. Yeah. Basically, because Joel's the hero. Yeah, and Sarah is like, oh my fucking god. Like the one thing actually, I forgot to kind of mention this is um, so in the game, Sarah and Ellie are quite. I I wouldn't. I think they are supposed to be younger, but like they they are a lot smaller because you can actually pick Sarah up in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Nico Parker is actually quite tall as well. Yeah. Yeah, um, so that was quite a different. Yeah, when yeah, you Sarah look, is like seven in the game, I'm pretty sure, but in the show yeah. she's, I want to say I think she's Ellie's age, supposed four, to be. Yeah, yeah, fourteen. Yeah, supposed to be Ellie's age. So a little bit like the game, because the game obviously sets you up that you have lost your child, and you carry that with you as you play the game, and obviously the watch was a big significant thing as well because Joel continues to wear the watch in the game as well, mm-hmm. and Ellie actually points out your watch is broken, okay. which she does in the show as well, and yep. he doesn't say anything. I think you might be able to speak more on this, but f- I, I don't know why that decision was made to make her a bit older. Was it because Ellie was a little was you know same age? Is that kind of the reason why that? I think it was made? because Ellie was the same age, and they wanted it to like be really play on the idea that Ellie is people are going to be replacing Sarah with Ellie in in their minds yes in their minds yep rather than having a young girl at the start who's like yeah seven yeah so it's a little bit more frantic I would say in the game as well in the fact that you Joel is much more touchy in the game like he's very like even when we get to this um, episode that we will talk about um he he is a bit more hands on with Ellie and like holds her and stuff. Whereas yeah. the physical contact in the actual TV show is they're, I think they're very because, apart. I think it's because yeah. like it's a it's a major moment in the show versus it wouldn't yeah. have been as huge in the game. So when they That's do, right. and we'll talk about this later, the little moments that they do bond or something starts to yeah. shift. It's like <gasps> you hold your breath. Like I'll yeah. get into it later, but when he first laughs and and smiles yeah, tries to hide it, yeah. it's like it it was like you felt like elated, like it was this incredible feeling. Exactly. But anyway, so him killing the old lady with the spanner is like laying the foundations to show that Joel can make some really tough, savage decisions, um, which I think is obviously a bit of foreshadowing as well. When Tommy wants to pull over and help a family, but Joel refuses and wants to keep going because it's like Joel is just wants to survive and he doesn't care about yeah. anyone but his own family, which is... That's the thing. In the game, straight away, that happens as well. Like yeah. you, it's literally scene by scene, like yeah. pretty much identical to the game. It's and like I, he decide he's like, no, we're leaving them behind. Yeah, and I think the one person I would want on my side to helping me in the apocalypse would be my dad because my dad mm-hmm. is the most resourceful and sort of experienced person when it comes to all sorts of things. But also I think he would be able to make those tough decisions where I don't know if I could. I'm such a, mm. a person person, and I, I'm a helper. And yeah. I think dad would be like, nah, fuck that. <laughs> you need to leave me <laughs> on the side of the road. And it, the whole idea is like, okay, this is horrible that he can do these things, but it's necessary yeah. in their world. Which yeah. that's me, being whole... a, me being a people pleaser, yeah. I get stabbed and I'm like, no, it's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. I understand. But at I the understand. same, yeah, like I can be savage if someone deserves it, but I don't know if I could leave. And because Tommy says they have a kid and Joel says, I yeah. don't care. Like we need to yeah, keep Yeah, I going. don't care. We have a kid too. So do we. Yeah. So anyways, um, they try to escape. All help um, breaks loose. They get into a crash. That's when Sarah injures herself. Um and as they're sort of running away, they encounter a officer who you're trying to figure out. He's clearly been ordered to shoot pretty much anyone he sees um, because they're going to bomb the city anyway, which yep. comes in later on. Um, and that's when, you know, it's the famous shot of him holding Sarah that's and right. he's getting shot at. They roll to the ground. He doesn't notice until a little bit later that Sarah's been shot and he hasn't. And then you have that scene of Sarah dying in his arms. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yep. Oh, Same as the game. So good. Yeah. The, the way uh, Nico did the breathing in that scene. Yeah, I she, know, the hyperventilating. The hyperventilating and him being like, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Like, oh, kissing goosebumps. I know. Well, the same, oh. it's the same in the, in the game. Yeah. Like, he yeah. does the same. It's like, it's okay, baby girl, it's okay, it's okay. Oh. And she's hyperventilating and then. Then that's literally when the opening happens. And yes. also on that note is the opening is the music is so similar 
Yeah. If not, like, pretty much identical. I'm pretty sure it's almost the same. Maybe it is. From what I remember them talking about. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, it's like such a ominous. It's like I HBO uh, credits are the only credits I don't skip. Like you I know, know it's so good. Isn't the Game it? of Thrones yeah. credits? It's like nee, 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 nee. like it's long. Yeah, and when the HBO, I told you this when the HBO thing like comes up, I'm like yeah. Dun, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> yeah. Every time I hear that, I'm like it's the last of us. The fucking impact that Game of Thrones has had on pop culture. We will do an episode on that. Oh my gosh. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I want to point out something important here is um, originally when they first created the pilot they cut the episode there where sarah dies and hbo was like no you need to keep going we need to see a big jump and that's why in the first episode it then cuts to joel throwing bodies into the fire in boston a completely different city um ages away years 20 years later so The creators were like, this is why it's so great to work with people at HBO because they have those ideas. And are like, no, hang on, you need to do this instead. And yeah, it would have been really weird if they ended the episode like that. Yeah. Like, it like, just wouldn't have. That's sad, but like, okay. But the cut to him throwing, and then, of course, there's a child who's sick. You think this child's going to be look af- looked after, but indeed she's actually, oh, he, sorry, is actually killed by first. That's right. Yeah. And- one of the girls is like, I can't do this. I can't throw the body into the fire. And Joel's like, whatever, yeah. I'll do it. So it's like he goes from his daughter dying his arms to him throwing a child into the fire. I, I like it's because he's desensitized to everything. The best cut, I think. The best jump, I yeah. think, in TV. Okay, yeah. So we're in Boston. The world is is pretty much ruined. The scientist from the first, the very start, his worst fears come true. The cordyceps. It's a fungus too, which mm-hmm. I think is really interesting. It's not a fungus. Yeah. It's a mushroom, and we know that FEDRA, which is the Federal Disaster Response Agency, have taken over essentially and have they've become what do the creators keep calling them? Like a sort of like an anarchist government. Yeah, like so a mutiny. Not a mutiny, sorry. A um, oh, what's it called? Yeah, like anarchy. Yeah. Like they're trying yeah. to martial law. Yeah, martial law. Yes, essentially, yeah. where they just like hang people in the streets. So it's sort yeah. of gone back in time, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, it's very medieval. And, yes, and we have the fireflies, which are the rebels, um, which is sort of like established. I had more idea of what a firefly was than Fedra. I think I liked that they didn't explain Fedra. I kind of want to explore that a little bit because for me, I knew exactly what they were talking about from the get-go. I knew what the fireflies were. I knew what Fedra was because obviously I had game knowledge. But see, with Mark, he was kind of like, what's going on? Yeah, like, I, I don't know who is Fedra. fireflies. Yeah. And I just feel like that could have been slightly maybe done a little bit different, like of just explaining the differences between the two groups. Like yeah. the, the fact that they are kind of essentially quite different and like, yeah, I just think that maybe that could have been fleshed out just a yeah. little bit I think more. they explain it as the episodes go on, but you're they right. Do. For people yeah. that have zero attention span or patience, like my mum, she couldn't make sense of the first episode, so she just didn't watch the rest. Exactly. And I was so was like, frustrated. Well, yeah. She was like, Cause she's Who? like, what's... What's going on? Yeah. Why is it 20 years later? Who's this government? I'm like, well, you've got to keep watching. And mm-hmm. and it, even that the really good scene in um, episode three where um, Frank is like, you think the government are all Nazis? And Bill's like, the government are all Nazis. <laughs> and you're <laughs> like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, they are. Like, you kind yeah, of, yeah. Kind of uh, learn that. But, yeah, I didn't know who Fedra was. It was pretty clear to me, however, that Fireflies were like rebels. Um, yeah, yeah, they're like the um, yeah the rebellion, like in Star Wars, kind of. Yeah, and then something that happens in this episode as well is he meets up with a Fedra so- soldier where he's smuggling pills um, to the to the soldier. So you figure out That's that right. Joel is a smuggler, and I loved my favorite part was when he gives him a bag of pills and he says, "I, I need the bag back because things are so like Resor- you need resources, you need resources." Yeah. He's like, "I need that." 20 year old yeah and it's sort of like you know that the federal agent is scared of joel so they very easily set up like okay everyone's sort of scared of this grumpy old man and we yeah know- well, that's because he's ruthless like you you yeah. get pretty like in the game he's he's ruthless from the start even like like you said like the easter eggs are all there even in the tv show like they he is the character um, yeah and he's tough yeah like he's not afraid to stand up yeah, I love when uh, a firefly comes up to him and he says, "When you're," he goes, "If you tell me if I'm lost to look for the light, I'll break your fucking jaw or something." Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. the guy's like, "Oh fuck, okay," and like runs he, away. Yeah. So he's like a scary motherfucker. 
But yeah. inside my he's favorite. He's actually kind of a villain in a way. He is, but like yeah. his own right. And then we sort of figure out that Joel is friends with this lady named Tess or in a situationship, I would say. Situationship, I love the scene where they're all uh, these people lining up to to speak to the people who have access to the radios with inquiries about where their family are. And Joel just skips a line and someone says, there's a line here, buddy. And he's just like, does it look like I would wait in a fucking line? <laughs> <laughs> you in that situation. <laughs> and he just goes off and he's like, nothing. So we figure out, okay, it's been quite a few weeks. We haven't heard from his brother, Tommy. We know that he's in Wyoming, which is like far, very far from Boston. So it sets that up. And then we meet Marlene, who was actually played by the same girl who played her in the game. Mm-hmm. So that's a beautiful homage. I did know um, that, actually. Yep. Mel Dandridge, I want to yep. say her last name is. Yep. Um, and while this is sort of happening, you figure out, okay, Joel's been trying to get a battery for a car to go to Wyoming and find his brother, but the smuggler has sold it to someone else and they sort of roughed Correct. Tess up. And the smuggler's scared because he's like, shit, like Joel's going to fucking kill me. Because my yep. guy's roughed you up. And she's like, he answers to me. He's, you know, which in the podcast, they are like, they wanted people to understand that Tess was like the leader. She was. Yes, correct. Joel was like her muscle, but she was the brains. Yeah. And he was like a dog on a leash. She would tell him when to snap and when to calm down. And the way exactly. she, when he, when she says like, oh, the, the battery's been sold to someone else. And she goes, calm down. We're gonna get this fucking battery, and like he's she's talking to him like a child. Yeah, yeah. Which they were like, we think Joel likes that. Like he, yeah, he needs that. Which is mm-hmm. interesting. And Anna uh, Tess was played by Anna Torv, who is like an incredible Australian actress who's in Mindhunter. Yes, she is the best. The best. She's so good. Yeah, she's fucking good. She's one of the best actresses of all time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so they cross they cross paths with the Fireflies, who you figure out has this 14-year-old girl tied up, essentially, like, locked in a room, and you find out that she has been bitten, but she hasn't turned, and they're sort of being like, count to one to ten, say your name, yada yada. Things go down, and Joel basically agrees very reluctantly, because of Tess, to take Ellie to where the Fireflies are trying to get her in order for him to get what he wants, his battery. And that's that's episode one. Right. Mm-hmm. So another thing that happens is I love in the first episode, she says, your watch is broken, by the way, like in mm-hmm. a very nasty yeah. way. Happens in the game too. Yeah. And he, the amount of times, and you notice it when you watch closely in almost every single episode, there's a moment where he'll look down at his watch. It's the same in the game. He'll say something. So there's a really beautiful moment towards the end of the game where he'll touch his watch when something's happened mm. as a little reminder of, of, whether that's Sarah, Ellie, not quite sure, but, like, he touches his watch when he needs those moments, I think, to ground himself in a way of, like, remembering. I kind of think also it's his way of when they're like, okay, let's, we have to go um, and get this girl somewhere. I think it's his way of being, like, what would Sarah do? Or, like, Sarah is, like, this kind and beautiful, like, innocent child. Yeah. I have to remember the innocence and the beauty in the world, not just yep. how much I've come to hate the world. Yep, yep. And he sees that in Ellie, which one of my favourite parts about Ellie is, like, she has so much lust for the world. She's so interested. They, they're they going through, in episode two, um, which we'll jump into now, they're going through and she's like, oh, my God, this was a hotel lobby. And and they're like, how, did you, how do you know all these things? And she's like, I read about it in books. So, like, hotels are new to her. They also set the show earlier uh in the in the show sorry mm-hmm. than they did in the game for a mm-hmm. few reasons but you know they didn't have iPhones and stuff like that so these things are so excitable to Ellie and like she has such a lust of like figuring out and seeing pieces of the old world which I think yes. Joel it reminds yep, yep. Joel of like her childlike innocence which frustrates him because it makes him feel emotional I I just kind of remembered now did you did you say that they had dis- decided in the first episode to make Sarah adopted or was it actually no no they hadn't done that no I heard because I kept reading that they had decided or something to make her adopted or something but that's not true is it no I think just because people assumed that because they you don't know who the mom is yeah that's probably why I would say so which getting into the whole issues of people hating on Bella Ramsey and me like oh she doesn't look like Ellie Sarah hating on Bella Ramsey really because of El- yeah, because like, she doesn't look like Ellie, but it's a fictional character. Well, yeah, it's a fucking cartoon. Some guy goes, 
Uh, I don't really care. But the reason why some people are upset, though, is that Ellie were a lot of people's first crush. She's a child. A 14-year-old. She's a child. A 14-year-old animation. No one was that upset when Nico Parker was cast as Sarah, when Sarah was a little white girl in the game. Mm-hmm. Why is it because Nico Parker has more of the standardised looks in a in her own way? Maybe. But- people, people are always going to be angry with casting choices, though. It's the same situation that happened in Game of Thrones. Like when, um, what's her name? And she says Jakaris. And everyone kicked up a stink because she said it wrong compared to Khaleesi. And it was like, but she's oh, not the same yeah. person. You yeah. Know, and also, time. her accent would be more um, accurate because it's hundreds of years earlier. Hundreds of years earlier, exactly. And so, casting is always something that people crack the shits about. Like, can you imagine when recent gets cast. Oh, I don't even want to. I just don't even want to think about it. It's just yeah. going to be an it's absolute just, riot. No one's – and someone pointed out, like, yeah, Pedro is a great casting, but if you really wanted to go that deep, he's not exactly looking like Joel, right? No, he's right? not. Like, he's, and no he's, one's he's, fucking saying no. that. He's actually to, – to be honest, he's actually the perfect Joel. I would never have thought that he would be picked for a role like that, but the way he speaks is very similar to Joel. Yeah. Joel's voice. The only other person that I would say could probably play him would be a younger um, Josh Brolin. Yeah. In June. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. That really gruff, yeah. you know, like. And Pedro is like, I think it's just so funny because we know he's the complete opposite in real life. Yeah. But he's it's a teddy most, bear. He's a teddy bear, but the most convincing, grumpy. Um, yeah, he does it so well. Yeah, but just on that, it's so sad because Bella was like, oh, me and one of the creators of the show made a pact that we wouldn't look at comments. Yeah. And she said, I, I did once and I um, sort of broke the promise. And it's just it's just sad because, you know, all these people are getting praise and she, but that's just how fucking society works, especially when it's young women. Well, it's, all, it's also just casting as well. Like people have done it for a long time. Like even with Joffrey when in Game of Thrones, people were sending um, – death threats to the actual actor it's like it's a it's a character it's a character it's a character calm down yeah where which you've had backlash over sort of funny jokes you've made about characters that you love Mm. but can and critique and people go nuts but that's a whole nother when literally people go nuts yeah anyway so we go back in time to the start of the outbreak and i love i don't know whether it's the same in the game you can tell me but i love that the the scientist they bring in in Indonesia is a woman. Is that the same in the game? Um, yes, it is. Okay, I just love that. I think the the show creators and the game creators are both very ahead of their time in just. Oh, the, the game, yeah, like, it, but it's normal. Like you don't you don't kind of go. I don't know what's an example. You don't kind of go. Oh wow, that there's like Bill and Frank, for example. You don't kind of go. Oh, they've just put this in here. Like there's a reason. Yeah. Like, and it's just a normal It's real thing. life. It's real life. Yeah. I yeah. know, and it sucks that we have to praise them for it. But, um, yeah. you know, I love representation. Um, anyway, so we go to this Indonesian scientist who is pulled in by the military while she's having lunch. And they're like, we need you to look at this. And it's a body. But first she looks at a sample and she's like, this isn't – cordyceps can't live in a human body. And they were like, this is we, – we pulled this out of a human body. And she's like, well – and she sees the body – freaks out she's sitting down and you know they say what can we do and she just says bomb bomb them all yeah and she says starts getting upset can I go home to my family and then that's when it sort of like alludes to the fact that the reason why the cities are all fucked up is because they were bombed to slow the infection sorry Um, I have to just correct myself that bit mm -hmm. actually is not in the game it's not it's not but they I distinctly remember a scientist is I think Indian or something I'm getting a bit mixed up with my memory yeah. but that particular thing is not in the game so that's a detail that's added to the tv show yeah okay and we we know that the military fo- followed her advice because it's on yeah. the radio in Joel's kitchen in episode one about how there's been bombs in Jakarta yeah and yes anyway so then it goes forward in time it's cutting to Joel Tess and Ellie on their way uh dropping her off uh to collect their battery um, they're sort of unsure why Ellie is so important, but then she she's like, they're like, just tell us. And she's like, fuck, Marlene made me promise not to tell anyone, and I'm telling the first people that ask. And she says, like, I've been bitten. And immediately they're like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? And mm-hmm. she says, this was weeks ago. Look at me, I'm fine. 
Um, yeah. They're not totally convinced. I love how Joel's like, oh, who cares? Like they they always say they're going to find a cure and a, and a vaccine. Why and do we like, care? Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> and Tesla's like, it doesn't matter what we think. They think she's important. Therefore, we're going to get what we want. So she's an asset, whether you like it or not. But also, you sort of you sort of see this like motherly thing from Tess, who just wants to protect this little girl. Yeah. And when she snaps at Jolie in the episode and says like, why can't you just take the good news? Like, why can't you just be positive for once that we might actually beat this thing? Yeah. Yeah. Um. And the creators in the podcast said, I think it might have been the game creators, but they had this whole. Oh, no, the show creators, they came up with a whole backstory for Tess, but ultimately got cut because they didn't have time. But they had this this backstory that Tess actually had a husband and a son. Both of them were infected and she killed the husband, but she couldn't bring herself to kill her son. So she locked him in a basement and left. And that yeah. was her origin story. Yeah. So sort of like I can watch it differently now, knowing that that's what they had in mind for her because they had discussed it with Anna as well, the actress that right. she had. She was a mother, like Joel was a father. Yeah, exactly. And that's where they kind of come together as yes. well in their shared grief. Yes. Anyway, so they're, they're sort of going and they see this is actually the first time you see the infected outside of like the when the outbreak first happened. But they're sort of like crawling through the streets and you can see they're connected to a building and to each other. And that's when Ellie says, like, oh, they're connected. And, and Tess says, yes, more than you think you could step on this and it could wake up hundreds of infected miles yeah, away. So which it's sort is of what mushrooms do. Mycelium works in this way. Yes. It's all which is, I like that they explained it that way because I was like, oh, that's even scarier. Yeah. That is even scarier. The one change they made as well, though, is that spores in the game are airborne and you can breathe them in. Correct. The reason why they didn't put this in the show is because they were just like, it would just be too hard to explain why the characters have avoided breathing it in. Correct, like because a lot of people are like, how come Joel's – how can you live for 20 years and not be infected? Yes. So yeah. that's that's sort of why they cut it out because they thought it would just be another hurdle of having to explain. Which Yeah, yeah. I, whereas uh, in the game, it's you we'll stay away. Yeah. yeah. So I find it really interesting. This is when you first see Joel as, as a protector because although he's, like, not sure of Ellie, you know, he says when they're going into the museum, which is the hard way – they know there was infected in there. He's like, stay behind us. Don't make a sound, you know, yeah. yada, yada. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? <laughs> also happens in the game as well. They go into the museum. Yes. And then Ellie steps on a hand, a crunch. Correct. Correct. Um, and then all, all these infected. And this is the first time you see up close a clicker and the noise yeah. and the sound. And you're like, holy fuck, that's terrifying. It gave me like quiet place vibes, except they can, they can't hear. No, they can't see, but they can hear. Yeah, exactly. Which is the same as the quiet place, but their the hearing is not as finely tuned as the yes. quiet place. Yes. Anyways, they're, they're terrifying in the game. They're really hard to kill that's ter- as well. Oh, they are hard to kill? Because I feel yeah. like they, they try to do that in the show where they keep shooting and shooting and shooting and, and you have to really get a good shot. Right. to kill them anyway so after the museum skirmish you figure out that tess has been bitten and ellie's actually the one that figures this out she says oh shit she's been bitten same in the game yes because ellie had been bitten as well but she said oh, if it had to happen to any of us and and re-watching it you pick up on tess's reaction and her face just being like knowing and that's when she gets angry at joel because at that point she knows she's been bitten she knows what's coming but there's this uh part in the show that pedro actually improvised and it's when they find out that Tess has been bitten and she takes a step towards him and he flinches. Yeah, I and love that. Game cre- the creators of the show were like, oh, like, fuck him. For like, <laughs> like thinking of that. But her like, face oh. as well, the rejection of that. Yeah. You know? It was improvised. And they yeah. were just like, oh, the amount of times he does stuff like that. And I just think, why the fuck didn't we think of that? Like, why <laughs> didn't we put that in the script? So I just thought that was that was. Like a, it is a little bit different actually because the clicker, the thing, the thing when the, all they all come into the thing, uh, the museum when Tess is there and they've escaped, one of them comes up to her and basically kisses Tess. Yes. Almost. Yeah. It's, what's the reason? Oh well, it's funny because I saw a comment being like, I think it was the cordyceps in her wanting to spread and breed, but I think to her that was like the easiest way of dying rather than them tearing her apart and mm-hmm. eating into her because mm-hmm. that's what can happen a lot of them just get killed by the clickers rather than turned than turned so yeah. i yeah i don't know i don't know why they t- but that that scene was so like gross and scary and it was yeah and great icky 
Yeah, and then so she she the stress of her she covers everywhere in in petrol, and the stress of her trying to light that oh, it's very flame. stressful. Oh, very stressful. She knew like okay, I have to stay alive. I think that's why she knew she had to stay alive to light it on fire. So that's why yeah. she let the kiss happen. So everything it, it goes up in flames and sort of it it ends there. So that's episode two. I will say in general the show it it's slow moving, but the things that happen at the end are so big and major that like it makes up for anything that may may seem slow because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I see a lot of discourse online about how the show's too slow and not enough happens. Yeah, but the game's like, slow. They're only going yeah. off the game. The they game is be- slow. The game is meant to be this really indulgent experience where there's really beautiful moments in the game. Like when, um, well, this is the next episode, I believe, episode three, when they go to the city and they see monkeys in mm. the courtyard, that's in the game as well. And, they didn't include, though, um, so something beautiful that happens is when you're walking around the building and all with Ellie, there's a giraffe. And obviously it's because all the animals have escaped from the zoo, but they, don't, they didn't include that. Everyone's saying that that's the next episode. Is that right? Yeah, everyone's saying, oh, I'm so, oh, I'm w- wondering whether they're going to put the giraffe scene in the next episode. Apparently a really funny ah. scene. This is sort of cutting further along, but there was a scene with a bunny that was a meme as well. They didn't put in the show. It must be like Correct. a funny in the snow. They get shot, I think. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I thought that that's what would have happened. <laughs> they didn't. It. Yeah, they didn't put that in. Is that right? Hang on. Yeah, I think oh when they God, get... I should have refreshed myself a little bit better. <laughs> I did warn you I was going to ask you these questions. No. <laughs> Maybe cut that bit out. <laughs> oh, yeah. by the way, I should have named. So the first, <laughs> I should have said, episode one is called When You're Lost in the Darkness, which is a quote that the fireflies Look for the use. Look for the light. The episode two is called Infected. <laughs> it's called Infected. And the third one is called Long, Long Time. This episode, like... Well, this is a standout for me. Is this potentially the best single episode of TV in the last 10 years? Possibly. Possibly. It's Nick Offerman and Murray um, Butlett, who, of course, is known from White Lotus, but they actually cast him before White Lotus had come out. And so obviously, which is another HBO show. So when the White Lotus did come out and he got the Emmy and they were like, oh, like this guy's going to be, he's going to be huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. This episode is like, I was fucking sobbing at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I just was like, this is so beautiful. But I also kind of, it really brought a lot of people's true colours out. Yeah, it was a little bit, um, it was a little bit intense to think that this divided people a bit because I mean in the game I mean I mean game is like we don't really care like you know like it's in the game it's not really we don't explore that relationship much at all you actually just end up stealing their shit in the house like you it's foreshadowed you, you that you're know, friends with you, them. you know who they are but in yeah. the game do you know that they're a gay couple yeah but it's normal so was there like, was there any outcry from gamers I mean not that I could remember because it was just such a little it was so small. And, like, why like, should you fucking care? Yeah, why? Like, it doesn't. But I think this is what comes with TV. I think it's just. A wider audience than gamers. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be the gamers, though. It would be people watching. It's, it's the people yeah. watching. That's what I'm trying, trying to say. So, yeah. obviously, TV watches is a much larger audience than gaming. Yeah. Because, you know, you might know one gamer, but everyone, you know, watches TV. So, it really yeah. opens up to more of this fucked up commentary. And, anyways, we should probably. Yeah preface that the the episode focuses on a gay couple and it opens up with Nick Offerman's character which I love that they chose a very you know he's a masculine character and he's a masculine actor even though he's known for comedy it opens up with the town that he's living in being evacuated and he has a hidden basement under his basement where he's hiding and he waits till they're all gone and then he goes to Home Depot and gets all the supplies and pretty much just like sets up and stays in the town and creates this little sanctuary for himself. He sets up traps and live tripwires and all this sort of stuff. And then it fast forwards to, it's not 20, it's only a few years later when a man has fallen into his trap, which the hole is so big in the ground. How did I know Frank not see it? I know. <laughs> like I thought about that when I watched it. I'm like, it's like he wanted to get caught. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so actually, well, for, before we go into them, it actually opens up because Tess at the end of episode two says, get them to Bill and Frank's. Get yep. them to Bill and Frank's. They'll, they'll look after her. And so then 
uh, it's that scene which they actually cu- like copied straight from the game of the shot of them looking at the plane up on the hill mm-hmm. and they're like okay there's all these bodies in this graveyard essentially and Joel's like I don't want you to see it and Ellie's like I want to see it and he says you know people that didn't so fit protective yeah people who didn't fit on the and on the trucks were killed and she said these people were innocent and he doesn't reply and it zooms in on a baby's piece of clothing and then it's cuts to that baby being alive 20 years earlier with the mum so you're like okay this baby's been killed with the mother and then that's when it goes into Bill's life so anyways he he runs into Frank and I I love when I don't know whether this happened in the game but I love when he says are you armed and he goes yeah no he's like you took a bit to respond and he's like I I thought about lying but (laughs) like I'm not a very good liar I loved that (laughs) yeah yeah no, it's very sweet. But, in the, I mean, in the game it is it is different because when you kind of get to the house, the first time, like, Bill is still alive. So you're not – you're kind of finding Bill and he's lost Frank at this oh, stage as well. Yeah. So it's slightly different. So it's, it kind of make, yeah. it, it makes you – see, the episode is so good that it actually makes you almost misremember the source material. Well, because they, they added so much. Well, I kind of like – Exactly. Yeah. And the note that's – but the, Frank leaves Bill a note that literally says he hates Bill, like he hates him. They – they the TV show is so much better than the game in that way of that, that it episode. completely explores their relationship and how they have this wonderful life together and they live together for, what, like 20 years, if not yeah. more, in yeah. peace, pretty much in peace. Yeah. Um, they had those moments where they were raided, obviously, but yeah. it's just such – it's just probably yeah the best episode that that's that yeah. whole season. It's so and I, I remember because I I didn't know who Bill and Frank were. I went into this yeah. blind, so I remember watching it being like, am I getting gay vibes? <laughs> like I was just being like, I said I thought the same. I was like, hang on a minute. It was so <laughs> subtle but so well done. Like I yeah. was like, oh, Frank first of all is a beautiful man like Murray Barnett with the beard and the hair and I was just like oh he's a very handsome man and the awkwardness Mm -hmm. that Bill has towards him you you very quickly figure out when they're playing the song Linda um, Ronstadt's Long Long Time on the piano that when he says so who's the girl and he says there was no girl and he goes I know I know like that's how they're figuring out yeah yeah and then I was like <laughs> see, oh. in the game, that's not like we don't yeah. see any of that backstory at all. Like, all that's kind of said is like Bill says to Joel, like, it's really dangerous to care for someone in this world. So it's kind of implied that Frank is his partner, but not really. And he he's kind of referring to the fact that if Joel starts caring about Ellie, it will get him killed. Do you so think the he, reason why he says he hated him was because now he's gone and he he's so ruined by it? He hates that he loved this person because. Do you think that's what he meant when he said he hated him? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Like he's like, I, I hate so. that I, I loved this person and now he's gone. Like what am I – what is that? Yeah, possibly. But like see, in the in the game though, like Bill finds Frank. in. So they go – they the three of them all go to a hosp- um, to go find this car part. Mm-hmm. And they do find – see, I've, I've kind of missed – it's all coming back to me now – so you end up do finding you find Frank and he has decided to to die by suicide instead of being infected, and then you know Bill's disturbed by it, but he's trying to he's trying to be calm around Joel and Ellie in the game, and Joel's like you know you're right, and he's like no type thing. So that's when you know you offer your condolences type thing, and then you kind of take the stuff from the house and you leave Bill and he tell he says like I'm not gonna do you any more favors don't come back and see me don't see me again and we do we never see because, Bill again because Frank I don't know whether they allude to it in the game Frank was the reason which happens in the show yeah um, which actually I'll I'll keep going and then we'll jump into that you know he takes him to bed and he says you know I've never done this I did this with a girl and he just yeah. said okay well if I'm gonna stay here and do this with you I'm gonna stay for a couple of days. And then it's like, yeah. okay, and then it cuts to them three years later and they're arguing like an old couple in the street. Again, one of the best cuts I've ever seen of like yeah. them in bed and then it's like he goes like, oh, fuck you. And he's like, <laughs> this is our home. I want to make it beautiful. And yeah, you I know, find it's out so the sweet. Frank, 
wants to turn the street that they live into a more beautiful place and he yeah. wants to look after everywhere and all this sort of stuff. And Bill's just like, oh, like it's a waste of re-. He's like, if you say resource management one more time, I swear to fucking God, I'm going to walk through one of your tripwires. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Having this big fight and then it goes back in time to Frank also being like, Oh, I've I've um speaking to this lovely lady on the radio, they're gonna come here and Bill is like, Are you fucking kidding? Like Yeah. And that's when Joel and Tess come Come. and they're having this and it's very it's made very clear that Frank wants to be social and misses people and misses interaction and Bill's like, I'm only letting this happen because I love you. I don't want this happening. So I think in the game it's interesting that they were like he says, don't come back here because now that Frank's gone. Exactly. I'm back to how I was. I don't, yeah, exactly. I'm I don't isolated. Want I don't want to be. Yeah, I'm isolated. Yeah. I don't want anything to do with anyone. So, yeah. So it's it's much, I, in my opinion, it's much better than the game because you get that full exploration of these side characters, even if it's only one episode. And it kind of shows it sets that tone of like, this is what it means to be human. This is. Yeah not just about the apocalypse this is about yeah. love basically love is kind of the game <laughs> well, it's about that's what the undertones of the game essentially yeah, are it's about love. people coming together and and yeah supporting each other apparently ellie says why do you keep going and he says for family for family says, i'm not family he goes no you're cargo <laughs> yeah. yeah um you're not my daughter and i'm not your daddy yeah <laughs> you sure as hell ain't my daughter um <laughs> But, yeah, it cuts to them sort of all having this lovely civilised lunch and Tess says, this is so great. I haven't done this in so long. It feels so good to do this. And and they go inside and Bill's like, no, don't go inside. And it's him and Joel. And Joel's like, get that fucking gun out of my face. And yeah. So yeah. He pulls the, and it's him trying to be like, I'm just like you. I don't want to be here either. Yeah. I'm only here yep. because of Tess. And he says, you know, we can help you get some things like medicine. And he says, no, we don't need any of that. And he says, well, that fence that you've got, Joel should know because he worked in construction, that fence you have has a year on it tops. It's going to collapse. You're very well protected, but, you know, raiders will come eventually, which is what happens. So these raiders show up and Frank wakes up, Bill's out in the rain shooting. Yeah. Bill gets injured. Because he's standing out in the rain in with no cover around him like an idiot. Yeah. And it and it's sort of like, okay, yeah, Joel was right, Raiders would come. But then, you know, you think Bill's dead. Like and I think as a gamer you might have been like, Oh, is that what they're gonna do? Because you actually think Bill's died on that table and it goes black and then it cuts to them years later, ten well, years later. Well, that's not in the game. No, but like you know how yeah. you said in the game Frank dies. Exactly. I think some gamers might have watched it and been like, oh, is Bill going to die instead? Yeah, exactly. Like you kind of – so that that's what's kind of good about it is that you know – you kind of know the game story. Well, I – and the thing is, is like because it's such a small amount of the game, you're kind of like, what is this again? Is this – who is, who are these? Like you kind of can't remember because it's so – Small. Small. And so like mm. it, it was nice from – yeah, to watch something different that you weren't sure was coming because with other things like Joel getting injured – I know, I know that's coming. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and then it, and then it, it cuts to them years later, and now Frank is the one that's ill. He has that's some right. sort of Parkinson's or sort of Cancer disease or something. Yeah, I think it's yeah. like Parkinson's or MS or sort of. Not quite sure. Yeah. Very horrible thing, and he's been painting, and you know, you're sort of seeing him suffering. And then he says, Bill's like, you need to get to bed, and Frank's like, no, I'm going to stay up. And he's like, no, I'm. You need to get to bed. And he's like, no, this, this is going to be my last day. Because tomorrow's my last day. And that's when Bill is like, realizes what he means. And he says, Which is so much better than the game. Oh, it's so sad. He says, yeah. We're going to go to the boutique and we're going to pick out outfits that I'm going to choose. And we're going to get have our own ceremony and get married. And we're going to do all my favorite things. And that's what they do on the last day. And he says, And then at the end, you're going to give put a bunch of pills in my wine. And in the podcast, they point out the reason why they wanted the line of like, this isn't the tragic suicide at the end of the play because they were like, we didn't want it to just be the tragic suicide. We wanted it yeah. to be like, he has made clear, which we'll get into later on that he is now his reason for living. Yeah. And now that that's gone, he doesn't, he doesn't want to keep, why, 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 why would you bother? You're old. Exactly. The why world's an apocalypse. Yeah. What are you, got, what am I like? And, and, and Bill says that like, he's why would I want to live without you? Yeah. Like, why would I do that? What am yeah. I going to do? Yeah. And I think watching yeah. it, I knew, I knew that um, 
when I was watching yeah, it with was my like, mum, she goes, oh, why doesn't he just take the pills too? And I was like, he has. You yeah, just don't has, know it yet. in the wine. So he, he says, were there pills in there too? And he says, enough to kill a horse. Yeah. And Frank goes, you know, I, I should be upset, but it's sort of romantic. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked Frank. Like, he was the oh, kind of decision Murray, maker. Who's yeah. Australian. Mm. Fucking, power, fucking, I, fucking powerhouse. <laughs> they need to win. What's this episode called? I need to know this jargon, and I do know it, but I blank. Where an episode can be seen as a standalone, and everyone there's an Emmy for of that, this particular type of episode, and they want this to win it because yeah, oh, so good. Anyways, yeah. and then you find out okay, so they've they've both had these pills, and my first thought was oh fuck, when Joel and Ellie discover it, it's gonna stink. The the body the body's no. gonna stink. So it cuts to Ellie and Joel, um, sort of walk into the house and they realize okay you see the flowers have died at the front of the house so you're like yeah okay so some it looks a bit disheveled disheveled they haven't been looking after it the one it's not that far off because there's still food on the table still food on the table there's some flies yeah but something's definitely happened and you know he can't get into the bedroom but then ellie finds that note and the note is sort of explaining what's happened and i wish i wrote the quote down but bill just being like you know, when the world ended, I was glad. I was glad when everyone died. I hated the world. But then he came into my life and right. gave him purpose. Gave him purpose. And we're protectors and this is what we're here to do. And she's reading it out and she almost says the line of like protect Tess. Yeah. And, and then Joel. Because yeah. he says, don't talk about her anymore. We don't talk about Tess. And mm-hmm. so Joel reads it and he says, I've locked the bedroom door and opened a window so it wouldn't stink. And I was like, oh, I love that they put that in because my true crime mind was like, but the body's going to stink. Yeah. The house yeah. is going to stink. So I love yeah. that they had that little bit of, like, continuity. A little bit. And then the episode ends with looking out the window with the curtains. Yeah. And the, the creators said uh, they actually wanted to start – they had an idea of starting every single episode with an open window to do with the upcoming episode, but it just it just didn't make sense in some and they left it. But yeah. then when you rewatch after hearing that, you're like, okay, there actually are quite a few shots of windows because apparently that was a big thing in the game. It is. It's in the start menu. And it's in the very yeah. – yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but before it ends, they basically shower. This is when we see Joel with his sexy, wet, slick oh, back for hair. God's sake, <laughs> Chloe. <laughs> that everyone's eating up on the internet. And they have all these boxes. And then it's Ellie's first time in a car. And she says, it's like a fucking spaceship. Yeah. And uh, they're on the road. They have a car and they're on the road. They're on t- uh, to get to Wyoming, which is yeah. a few thousand miles away. It yeah. should take 30 something hours of driving. And this is this is also where isn't this the next episode, I think perhaps with the magazine in the back seat? Oh, well, that's the next episode. Yeah. 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 Um, which is literally almost identical to the game. Yeah, was, there's a few things coming up in the next episode that I'm going to ask you about. Um yeah. but that's the first three episodes. I loved all of them. Episode three is stand out for so many reasons yeah. that are obvious. I think it's like absolute art. Yeah, well, it's so different. Like, it's not, like I said, it's very different to the game. It's not because they're, they're not major characters in the game at all and it's it doesn't explore their relationship or anything. So yeah. I think it's really nice that it was done and I really like the creative decisions behind that because it's not just about Joel and Ellie and it just becomes more about um, love and relationships and yeah. what you would do together to survive in a world that's, pretty crap <laughs> mm. I've just realized I forgot to mention like the most important scene and I try to remember whether it's one or two where they're escaping and previous in the episode the Federal soldier he was smuggling to said don't go out tonight they've got people crawling over the place mm-hmm. they go out and it's that big standoff of Joel the Fedra guy and Tess and Ellie are behind Joel Correct. and they the creators were like we didn't want to do a full flashback scene because sometimes they can just be a bit clunky and weird but you see Joel and they said to Pedro, we want you to look like a sad, vulnerable little boy in that moment where you're like having this flashback. And that's when his face kind of drops mm-hmm. and he's suddenly Ellie is it. Sarah. Yep. And he's protecting Back. his daughter again. And that's when he just goes ham. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> because in his mind, he's like, I'm not letting this happen again. I'm going to beat this motherfucker up. And Ellie yep. is standing there excited and astonished. yeah he's she's thrilled that he's thrilled. done this yeah she's violent and he's violent and it really lays the tone for like they are the same person yeah and ellie is not like sarah 
No, they're completely all. different people, but they yeah. represent the fatherly daughter dynamic that Joel yeah. knew and is trying to push and avoid. I do. Yes, exactly. I do enjoy, we'll get to this in, in the next ones. We, I think we keep saying this, but um, I do enjoy the vulnerable moments that Ellie has where she realizes that, hey, maybe she's actually not as tough as she thinks she is. Yes. Um, there are quite a few moments like that in the game as well, because she repeatedly asks for a weapon in the game and you say yes. no. And it's the same in the episode where she asks for a weapon constantly and you say no. I mm-hmm. mean, Joel says no. And, yeah, there's a couple of moments where they're in the game and particularly, you know, in the series as well where Ellie kind of realises that, hey, I am yeah. just a 14-year-old girl. But the whole point of it is like, and this, again, happens later on in the fifth or sixth where he says, like, a 14-year-old girl and she had to kill this other kid for me, being like, she knows she's too young but she yeah. still has to do what she did. Like it was survival yeah. and it was instinct and it's not, yeah, he's like, okay, you are too young for a gun, but I'm going to give you one because I realise you actually fucking need one mm-hmm. in this world. Yeah. And that's like the whole balance of of trying to keep her childlike, but also she needs to have to be able to do these things in order to survive. That's right. Well, Joel purposefully withholds information and doesn't tell her some things to protect her because yes. – She's 14. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that was the first three episodes. I I think they're very different from, from the coming episodes. Yeah. yeah. Which we are going to get into, of course, the famous episode five, which mm-hmm. – but it's each episode really ends on, like, a fucking big moment, yes. which is why I think it's so fucking successful because you're just like, holy fuck, I need to get to the well, next week. It was an extremely successful game. Yeah. As well. Yeah. So when it came out, it was it was beyond its time. Like we, this is what I said at the start of the podcast was like it was a world full of MMOs. Multiplayer was taking off. There wasn't a lot of really strong single player games out on the market. Mm-hmm. And Naughty Dog came out with a absolute banger, and they proved that there was still a market for single gamers. Yeah, and story driven narrative. Mm-hmm. People still want it. All right. Well, that's our first three in part one. Thanks mm-hmm. for listening, everyone. For listening. Don't forget to follow, subscribe, rate and review. Okay. Oh, I just realised too, we need to come up with a sign-off. Every podcast has a sign-off. Oh, my God. Okay, one well, ours can be, why choose? <laughs> why choose? Why choose? Select all. Select all. Catch ya.